You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. You know, it was Winston Churchill in one of his messages that said that kites rise highest against the wind, not with it. And I know it's not really news to many of you here because there are many facing some pretty stiff and strong winds blowing in your face. There's some pretty tough situations and circumstances that are confronting many of you. The winds of adversity at some point in our lives affects every one of us, different moments of time, and each of you have different moments through the course of your life that have some very tough, difficult battles to face. Health issues arise. Unexpected reports come. Family challenges can confront us and without much warning. I mean, the economy is pretty topsy-turvy right now in financial crisis, maybe facing some here with increased mortgage rates and all kinds of different challenges and food costs rising and gas prices uh, spiraling. And even, even this week, you may have received some kind of news or report that can overwhelm you. And that's true. When those things happen, you actually, your joy can feel depleted. You're just living there and your joy just kind of ebbs out of your, your strength is sapped. Challenges. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired and tired figuring out why what you're doing on this planet altogether can face you. There are moments. And truth be told, you can be feeling very weak, need, and anxious about a lot of things, just getting up in the morning and all the things you have to face. You'd be among friends because there's many of us that in this place that would sense and have those challenges. It may not be your reality today. It may not be your reality, but certainly you know people whose reality it is. Not all of us can be a Keith Urban or a Taylor Swift. Swifties are going, getting pretty excited about the concert coming next November. I pray that the church be excited about Jesus coming back as some of those. I mean, we're watching the impact of the Barbie movie and, and Captain America and all those other superstars and fictitious things. But here's where it gets good for you and I. Jesus living in you is more valuable than anything that the world has to offer. Like, living in you. He is discovered. He's more than just a clanging symbol. Repeating how unworthy you are or how angry. He's not angry at you. He's not judging you for your failures. He, he's not just outlining your past mistakes, your failures. Your faith in Jesus is more than a clanging symbol. That's what this message is today, more than a clanging symbol. Your hope in Jesus this morning is more than a clanging symbol. It's just not a noisy gong going off. And his love for you and your family this morning is more than a clanging symbol. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 
speaks about three pillars of faith that can anchor you in your life journey. Faith, hope, and love. And when adversity comes to huff and puff and blow your house down, you're secured. I pray that you're secured in the trust that these three pillars can cause you to rise above the winds of adversity. That the things of faith, hope, and love really permeate your heart at a deep, deep level. Not just lip service, not just casual. But this morning, I want to fix my eyes on the pillar sandwiched between faith and hope this morning, or faith and love. I want to speak to you about having hope in the midst of hopelessness. One of the great Bible verses securing my heart in times of the adverse blowing winds, and I need to remind myself of it often, is from Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, something in you. What's in you? Christ living in you gives you a hope. To read the whole verse in context reveals that followers of Christ, Christ have been given a priceless gift. You, you know, you, you, tr- you try to choose your words carefully. You know, a priceless gift. Priceless. I mean, it's, it's, you, can't, you can't afford it no matter how much resources you have. An incredible treasure, the Bible says, a hidden mystery of great riches that God gives to each one who places their faith in Jesus. Scripture says God wanted his people throughout the world to know the glorious riches of this mystery. The glo- he says he, want, he revealed it through Paul, writing to the Colossian church. And what was the mystery? Christ living in you, the hope of glory. Christ living in you. The mystery God wants you to live with and understand is that Christ living in you is not something that you have to always be working at. Not something of simply good works or getting out there and toiling the sand in the, in the, in the fields. It's not impossible to understand. The reality is God living in you will carry you forward through the stormy weather, the adverse and difficult times. He will empower you from his glorious riches into victory. That's the hope of glory. Hope of glory ends in victory and triumph and overcoming and winning. I want to remind you that no problem that seeks to overwhelm you need leave you hopeless this morning. Not with Christ living in you. When you have Jesus living in your heart, no matter what you may be facing, you're not facing it by yourself. Jesus is with you. You have the hope of glory living in you. The Bible says his spirit dwells in you. The fire of God, the, 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 he who created the world, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Paul writes to the Corinthian church. These are some incredible words he writes. But we have this treasure in jars of, jars of clay to show you that, our, that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. That we're able to stand in the midst of the storm. It's not about self-helps or motivational or just cheap slogans. No. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. Perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. 
That's an incredible verse. That's what Paul says. That, that's us. Adversity comes against us, but we're overcomers. God will provide. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. He provides. He perseveres. The Lord is sending you answers and the deliverance you are seeking. His grace, again, another, his grace is sufficient. Some of you understand that because you've weathered some pretty big complexities in your life in moments of trial and disturbance, but his grace is sufficient. I'm wanting to challenge each and every one, whether you've been in the church for many, many years or whether it's your first time, I don't know. Isn't it time to, to look once again deeply into the face of Jesus and find our strength? In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, we come across a, a woman with a, who, who's withered. She's, she's very emaciated, uh, who had been some time, for some years, hemorrhaging blood. The Bible talks about for 12 years, she's had this issue of blood. We don't know her name. Only known as the woman with the issue of blood. Her name, sometimes Jesus names people, sometimes not. The poor woman had endured the failure of every medical treatment of the day. 12, 12 years of struggle. I don't know, maybe some of you have gone through years of struggle. And it just feels like that's hopeless. 12 years of struggle. Can, can you imagine this woman? I, you, you know, if you've been here for any length of time, you know that... To empathize, you try to put yourself into the situation that you're reading about in God's Word and see, how would I deal with this? After 12 years, I would feel pretty hopeless. She'd endured 12 years of hopeless struggle. And maybe some of you are feeling pretty hopeless through the years of the struggle. I don't want you to lose heart this morning. That's easy for you to, me to say, isn't it? It's easy to kind of be pithy and but I seriously don't want you to lose heart. I seriously don't want you to give up and quit. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in His time. See, His time is not always, He's eternal. We're, we're mortal. We, have, we, we go by time level. He, he lives forever. He's always been. So He's doing things that we cannot possibly even come to understand in our finite mind. It's impossible. For the withered woman, things are about to change in her life. She had heard about the one who had healed people named Jesus, and he was in town on other business. And something sparked in her, uh, the wind and fire of something going on in her life. Either in humility or in shame, we don't really know, because both can move us and mold us. And with no one to help her, she literally finds Jesus and crawls to him through a crowd, simply wanting to touch the hem of his garment that he wore. Just wanted to touch him. She touched the hem of his robe and it healed her instantly. Hopelessness turned to health. Years of ravished, torn down body made vital and strong in one touch of Jesus. Twelve years of pain vanquished. And Jesus at that moment helped her get back up on her feet again. Her faith in Jesus birthed a hope and his love for the broken. He loves broken people. He loves all people. 
loves people. The broken, the withered. He, in fact, embodies. No wonder he, she was healed. He embodies love. God, the Bible says, God is love. She was healed by the single touch of Jesus. Hope in Jesus, and it, it, it's, a big, it's a big statement, isn't it? It's almost unfathomable when you're talking to people that don't live with that hope that they can even possibly imagine it because it's so outside their parameters or understanding. But hope in Jesus leads faith to the impossible occurring. Every day I have hope. Faith in Jesus leads to never-ending hope. And Jesus' love for people leads to miracles. It's it's symbiotic. It's all working together. You know, with less than half of 2023 left, you know, I, I want to encourage you to co commit with me to reading through the Gospels. Read again the stories of incredible love and faith and hope. Read them as many times as you can. Read a story over and over. Read one of the, one of the particular passages over as many times as you can. Discover and embrace these. Let it empower you and see what Jesus was actually doing. The miraculous moments where the blowing winds ceased. You know, I remember the story of the, in Mark of the Sea of Galilee and they were all got in a boat and it looked like it was gonna capsize. The storm was blowing and it was, Jesus was in the boat. The disciples were panicking and anxious and freaking out, you know, and they wake Jesus up and Mark chapter 4, verse 39. He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves. Quiet, be still, he said. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Now, maybe we need a new word from the Lord into your situation, circumstance. Have you ever put yourself in the place of saying, Jesus, I need you. I need you now. We sang that song. Put yourself in the place of those who are hopeless situations but who placed their hope in Jesus. Can you even close your eyes for a moment sometime through the day and visualize that you're strong and healthy and able to, capable to move forward? That on our new sign in the Osborne's Cafe, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ, the hope of glory. But, you know, just as a side note, and I know we're always interested in this moment, the very temporal moment we live in often impacts us the most. But our hope is not only in this moment. It stretches beyond that. The hope awaits you as well. There's a great hope. There's coming a day when there will be no more wars, no more famine, disease, and there will be no more racial intolerance. No more hatred and anger that won't be found, but only the beauty of God's glory and his very felt presence of God. Eternity awaits you in Jesus. Philip Yancey, from his book, Disappointment with God, says, John the Baptist, a true believer, if there ever was one, had excited the nation's hopes about Jesus being the Messiah. The very beginning of the Gospels was so good. He was, everybody was getting excited about what John the Baptist was saying. Yet two years later, circumstances in his life have challenged. You know, there's ebbs and flows, ups and downs. And two years later, John the Baptist in Herod's prison, facing death row, had his own doubts and disappointments with God. 
Matthew chapter 11, are you the one who was to come or should I expect someone different? He had, he had been the pinnacle of revival and excitement and moving God, God's message forward. And then after the challenges facing him in real life times, he's in prison. And now he says, are you, are, were you, you, you really the one, Jesus? Jesus says, look at the miracles. Look what's happening. You see, bad things can happen to good people. But in those moments is when you need to hold on to hope that some hope that you're anchored in this hope. Hope is a powerful weapon when all things are lost. And I know it's like, don't talk to me about hope because it only will set me up for dis. No, I'll talk to you about hope. I, I, I breathe hope. I want hope all the time. We praying for Frank Boss this morning. Jody prayed. His wife, Emmy, went to be with Jesus this week. A friend of ours, a very dear friend of ours, shattered his feet while cliff diving. People are having a hard time paying their rent in this place. What do we do when disappointment attacks, anxiety attacks, feelings of regret attack us? And Hebrews tells us. The Bible's so rich with direction and guidance and, 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 and points us in, in, in specific areas. In Hebrews it says, let us hold unswervingly, hold, hold to the hope we profess. For he who is promised is faithful. I remember, and I've said it often over the years, it's just one of those real little illustrations that pops into my head every once in a while. It's the little boy flying a kite. And the kite is so far up in the air, he's holding it, and he can't even see the kite. It's so far up there. And a man comes by and says, little boy, what are you doing? And he says, I'm flying the kite. He says, how do you know? You can't even see it. He says, every once in a while, I feel the tug on the string. Hope is like that. Tugs on our string. Let us hold unswerving. We don't always see it right away. And how do we find hope in hopeless situations? Romans chapter 5. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. He's given everything we need to us. The first time I read Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5, was shortly after my dad passed away very suddenly, 1981 wasn't prepared for yet in the midst of the storm I was a very new believer in Jesus I'd never been to church in my life up until six months before that and I was still learning about hope and serving Jesus and loving the Lord and and I can say throughout the years now looking back when I felt very hopeless sitting on the kitchen floor at 324 Elmhurst Road in Winnipeg sitting down there now what just 18, whole life in front of me. Mom was by herself now. And I can look back now and say God's word was not ever a clanging symbol for me. He'd always come through. He's always given me something to cling to when things look most hopeless. And 40 years later, I can say he's always been faithful to me. The letters that South African Nelson Mandela sent during his 27-year imprisonment were published a number of years ago. And they offer an extraordinary insight into the soul of a man who suffered abysmal conditions and punishment. And how did he survive? As there's talk about hope. 
When his mother died and he was unable to go to the funeral. Challenges. When his son was killed in a car accident and he was not allowed to leave prison. How do you keep hoping in these things? How do you keep a hope going? In the letters, you can hear him immersing himself in hope. Seven years into his imprisonment, he read Guidepost founder Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking, and commended, commented in a letter to his wife regarding Peale's words. He makes the basic point that it is not so much the disability one suffers that matters, but one's attitude toward it. The man who says, I will conquer this illness and live a happy life is already halfway through the victory. Can we begin to grab hold, hold of the hope and the promises of God's word and speak them into our lives, like sincerely. In another letter, Mandela comments on the scriptures referring to the Apostle Paul as the perfect pest. And I get that when you read it, like, I don't, just let, leave me alone in my misery for a while, Lord. Just let me be miserable. But he, he doesn't let that. The verse is just a pest of virtue, but of its insistent on what was right, no doubt, Mandela empathized with Paul, a man who was also in prison, when he wrote. And Nelson Mandela never relinquished the value of hope. Through illness, suffering, loss, to his eventual release from prison and return to public life where he became South Africa's president, he became a beacon of hope, not only to his country, but to the world. It's never too late. 27 years in prison, I, you lose hope. Where, where can I go from there? I'm, I, I'm done. No, he wasn't. The, that's, it's words and stories like that that Jody and I have learned to say the best is yet to come. You're looking outward. So I've come full circle. It's one of the big three principal graces in Christian character is hope. Making it, the great loved, making it into the great love chapter and now these three remain faith, hope, and love but the greatest of these is love. Hope is sandwiched in the middle of faith and love like the middle child syndrome is sometimes overlooked. I don't want to overlook hope. It's one of maybe some of the least, one of the least understood of the, the three. Yet hope is a vital and deep underlying building block of your and my life. We need to live with it. We need to learn. We need to seek. We need to figure out how to reach it, get it. Hope really makes a Christian dangerous. Because if you can't steal my hope, then it doesn't matter what you do. I'm always going to have hope in Jesus. And it will ultimately lead to your becoming a champion, an overcomer. If faith is seeing God through a magnifying glass up close and personal, it is faith. Hope is seeing God through a telescope and seeing him, seeing him on his way to you. Last night, Jody and I stayed up till a little bit later than usual, looking at the meteor shower. It's a, I don't know if you knew, it's one of the, this time of year and this moment is one of the clearest meteor showers ever. It's hundreds and thousands and you're supposed to be able to see one every minute. We, we didn't stay up late enough to see the complete, but we were watching some of them fire through the sky. Hope is on your way. Hope is faith's telescope. Our hope is lively. It's a living hope. A hope not frail, weak, or brittle. It's not fragile, but has a permanent life every moment. 1 Peter 1.3, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth. New birth into a living hope. That's where it begins. This new birth, you give your life to Jesus and you start believing him and trusting him and allowing faith to build in you. 
It doesn't happen necessarily always overnight, but it begins with that new birth into living hope. The biblical term of hope is not in any way related to I dream or I wish. It's so much more powerful than that. When I use the word hope to people that enter my office, I am not somehow trying to create a temporary illusion in order to make them feel better. Uh, you know, you're just trying to fake me out. Not true at all. Has nothing to do with the calculation that may give a false sense of security. Hope for me is not disguised as a great maybe. Hope is real. And it begins with that new birth. Hope for the believer needs to be seen as an act of force. A force moving you forward. We've had to have a lot of reasons to hope over the last number of years. New Testament hope has no note of uncertainty. It's not a term of expectancy. Hope is in God is a call to an act of faith which expects God to act. I expect God to act in your lives. I, I, I see that every time someone comes through the doors of the church. God is at work in your life. Somehow you got up, got out of bed, came here, had a coffee, didn't have a coffee. Somehow he's working in our hearts and lives. Let me close with this verse of scripture. Lamentations 3, verse 21. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. The Lord is my inheritance. I say to my soul, my mind, my will, I speak to my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to them that wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Christ in you this morning is the hope of glory. Our hope and, our, and the world's hope does not lie on man landing another person on the moon, but the man on the cross. The hope that Jesus brings helps all people to get back up on their feet again, healed, whole, and strong. That's the hope that you have this morning. It's great. It's wonderful. And I, I, I don't want to minimize any of your pain, that's for sure, any of the challenges, not at all but I want to speak hope into your life this morning. Don't you give up. You find the joy of the Lord. This is a great place to do that. This is an amazing place to hang out with, to get to know people, to speak with, to have a coffee with, to go to lunch with, to meet, to fellowship, to serve. And there's so many things happening in the days ahead. Oh my goodness. I... I, I, can all, I can hardly wait to tell you. I mean, we are, you need to be praying for our affordable housing project that we're getting, we're getting going on. And it's, going, it's moving forward. We, we've got some big things to do yet, but it's going forward. And there's a lot of things happening right now that you can participate, be a part of. I, I'm stressing this to you all. Don't just be consumers of faith. Be contributors to faith. Find a place to serve and allow hope and some of these people that you sit next to get into you. 
it will change your life and your direction for sure. No guaranteed. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.